In today's episode, we'll be talking about your right to change your own story and how our behaviors begin to change the moment we start to recognize what they really are. Basically, when you put your mind to it, anything can be achieved. Extra mile living. This is Heather Vickery, and you're listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. When we choose bravely in both big and small ways, it powerfully elevates our lives. I hope these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement of courageous living that enriches our lives and our communities. And if you enjoy the show, I ask you to please share it with others. Maybe think of someone who you want to choose bravely right alongside you. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you enjoy listening to podcasts. To learn more about the show, visit our website, thebravefilespodcast.com. And we would love to know how you're choosing bravely and what you think of the show. Give us a call at 312-646-0205 and let us know what's on your mind. Now here's the show. Hey, everybody, it's Heather Vickery. Welcome to The Brave Files. I hope you are having a fantastic Thursday. I'm excited to bring you today's guest. Sean Anderson is a lifetime entrepreneur with a history of inspiring others, but he's way, way more than that. This seven-time author is the creator of The Extra Mile Day, a day recognizing the power we each have to create positive change when we, quote, unquote, go the extra mile. What I find even more inspiring and interesting is that Sean also pedaled a bike 4,000 miles across the U.S. twice and also trekked 100% by foot across five countries. And I cannot wait to learn more about that. Sean, welcome to the show. Heather, it's a privilege to be here. Thank you so much for, for your show and thank you for the chance to share time with you. Oh, you are so welcome. I'm glad to have you here. So, wow, it seems like you've done it all. Um, where did this start for you? Well, it's it's nice that you think that, but every single day, <laughs> every single day when I wake up, I honestly believe that my greatest adventure is still to be lived. Yeah. My greatest book is still to be written. My greatest speech is still to be shared. My greatest connection, my greatest conversation, my greatest relationship, my greatest everything is still ahead of me. Uh, so I, I don't dig really that. Look back I, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Still, like, who, who, how did you become that person? What made you so driven and so willing to go the extra mile to do all of these things and to know that, that the next great, the greatest is still ahead of you? You know, I really, really believe that I'm just simply an ordinary guy. But the thing that makes me different is I choose to live an extraordinary life. I, you know, I'm a guy who just doesn't think and wish about things to happen in his world, but I'm a guy who thinks, plans, and does. Yeah. And, and, and that's just the great power that we all have. We really do have the power to create if we allow ourselves to have that power. Absolutely. I, absolutely. And I love that. You do all have the power if you allow yourself to use it. I dig that. But was this, was like, was this five-year-old Sean? Did you know this always? 
You know, no, if I had to really look back, I, you know, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, as you stated. And I guess my very first business really, it was selling worms to, to uh, selling worms to fishermen. I would awesome. flood my parents' backyard and I would go and pick up the night crawlers at night. I'd run ads in the Reno Evening Gazette, sit out there early morning <laughs> weekends. The fishermen would come on the weekends and I would sell, you know, 13 worms. I'd give them 13 worms for a dozen. And, and I learned then that the more worms that I sold, the more baseball cards I could buy. Yeah. So I learned that kind of cause and effect <laughs> in life. How old were you when you were selling worms? 10. That's awesome. I love that entrepreneurial spirit. It's interesting that you say that. I was talking with someone recently, we were talking about money mindset and she shared with me that when she was growing up, her parents, who I think that the intention behind it was to say, we can care for you. You don't have to do things on your own, but would never let her set up a lemonade stand or fundraise for the school, whatever, or you know, do anything entrepreneurial like that. Because for them, that was a way of saying that they couldn't properly care for their child. And it was embarrassing, mm -hmm. which damaged her for her whole life as far as you know, what it was like to go out and build something. She's an entrepreneur, right? So I love that your parents honored that with you. I love it when my kids want to go out, hell, trying to get them to fundraise is like pulling teeth. But when they want to sell their rainbow loom bracelets that they've made on the street or the pictures they've drawn, I'm all for it. I think it's great. You know, I really agree because, because what it helps us realize is that we each have the power to really create the vision that we have. And and, you know, all of us have this vision deep down about how we want our life to be, how we want our relationships to be, how our, we want our health to be. And it'll never really become any of those unless we, we help create that because, because the visions that we have for us are always going to be a challenge and they're never just going to happen to us unless we are, are aware of what we want and continually day in and day out go after that. Yeah, I think that awareness is really the most important aspect when I'm working with clients one-on-one, -on -one, that's the first thing we start to think about. Okay. So start to pay attention to how often you say or do or think or feel whatever it is, our behaviors begin to change as soon as we start to recognize what they are. You know, absolutely. I believe that the, the one thing that we can all control are the thoughts that we have. And when we learn to control the thoughts, we learn to control the feelings. When the feelings are controlled, the actions start to become more positive. It's a circle. Th thoughts to feelings to actions, thoughts to feelings to actions. And if you think positive, your feelings will be positive and so will your actions. Absolutely. So what, what was the moment for you, the defining moment that gave you clarity on this, where you knew I have to teach this, I have to practice this, I have to share this. You know, I've, I've always just believed in being a cheerleader for other human beings. I, I certainly know what it's like when people do not clap for you. And I know what it's like when people whisper in your ear and say, Heather, you can't do that. You're not good enough. You're not, you're not smart enough. You're not rich enough. You don't, you, you can't. So I just chose to be the different whisper in people's ear. I chose mm -hmm. to be the whisper that honored who people were, who, who, what their individual passions and purpose truly was. And so I, I just love to clap and encourage and say, you know what, Heather, you absolutely can go to the top of that mountain. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I agree. I tend to be one of those people where if you tell me I can't, then you better bet your ass I'm gonna. But <laughs> I just had this conversation with somebody recently. We were talking, um, it, not to go political, but we were talking about rising up, right? People who come from lower income communities and how difficult 
it is when you have constantly been told you are less than, you are not smart enough, you are not good enough, you do not have the skill, whether or not that's true, and in most cases, I do not think it is true. If it's the story that you've been told always, it's very difficult to not believe it. And the person who, who breaks away from that, that's a special, unique person. Well, every single, every single story is legitimate if we believe it. Every That's single excuse in life is legitimate yeah. if we believe it. So it, it comes to a point where you have to choose what is my story? What am I going to what am I going to believe? Because that's that's the story that's going to help guide you for the rest of your life. I totally agree with you. But it's it's access to that knowledge that I think is is lacking. Right. If no one ever hears that, that you, you actually have the right to not buy this bullshit story, you can change it. Um, that's dangerous. So that's why we need people like you. And and I'll go ahead and say people like me, right, to go out and reach people and touch people and say, it doesn't have to be this way if you don't want it to be this way. You know, and I wanted to just add one more thing to that, too. I mean, the two things that have changed my life more than anything are the people that I've met and the books that I've read. Yep. And so sometimes we might not have exposure to being able to meet an Oprah Winfrey, but we certainly have the ability to read Oprah's words. In my case, I certainly didn't have the ability to meet a Benjamin Franklin, but yet his book. <laughs> the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin had such a profound difference in my life. Sure. So again, that's how we change the story. Yeah. The people that we hang with and the books that we're reading. I totally agree with you. That's why it's so important, I think, to get those books, um, any any books, honestly, it doesn't even matter what you're reading, spread out to, to people. Um, it's remarkable to me. I actually did an interview with a woman who has an organization here in Chicago called I Grow Chicago, and she went into one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in Chicago and built what they call a peace house and brought books and meditation and yoga into the community. And these people, they didn't even know how to get books. Like they could, there was no library in their area. Their schools didn't really have books, right? They weren't exposed and she brought that gift to them and it's opened up a whole new world. So yes, learning is so important. I, I work to spend a little time every day learning. And I just was talking just a few minutes ago to somebody I'm reading, um, a fiction book right now, which feels like such a gift because I spend so much time reading nonfiction and doing my work and doing my research for my work. Uh, and I decided my soul was a little sad and I needed some creativity in my life and there's always something to be learned. So I've, I've forced myself to create time to read for pleasure. I'm glad that you found that time to feed yourself, you know, because when we, when we, when we take, when we take time off of feeding ourselves we diminish our power to be able to feed others. It starts with us. If, if we're not full, how can we That's ever right. give? Yeah, I totally agree. So while we're talking about books, you've written seven books? Yes. That's impressive. When did you write your first book? Oh, fiddlesticks. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it was a long time ago. It was uh, the very first book I wanted to write was a book called Soar to the Top. It was it was it was in my it was just in my soul. I wanted mm -hmm. I'd created this accountability system on how to how to get to where you wanted to, and I'd proven it worked. But yet nobody really knew who I was, and publishers would not accept that book Soar mm -hmm. to the Top. So I knew that I had to write a book before that that I had credibility that I could get a publisher for, and I wrote a book about how to succeed in college. And and in right. the first two books that I wrote, both Countdown to College, Preparing Your Student for Success in the Collegiate Universe, and Soar to the Top, they were both my avocation. It just so happened that Soar to the Top ended up doing pretty well and, and sold almost 50,000 copies. But those Congrats. books were written simply as avocation only. 
All right. Very good. So since then, and you have a new book that just came out this past summer, right? Yeah, called The Four Fibs. The Four Fibs. You want to tell us what that's about? Well, it's 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 interesting that the most the most powerful author that I've ever read that made the biggest difference in my in my life as far as motivation writing was a guy by the name of Og Mandino, O-G-M-A-N-D-I-N-O, Og Mandino. And Og wrote a book called The Greatest Miracle in the World. And he helped me connect to an idea about writing where you just don't have to list 10 ways to be a millionaire, yeah. 10 ways to 10 ways to win the woman of your dreams, 10 ways to, you know, buy your first house. But he showed me <laughs> how to how to write a motivational book and tell a fictional story. Yeah. And so that's become my way of writing now. I love motivational inspiration. The Four Fibs is about a guy who has just been crushed by life. He goes out one day, finds the motivation to go walking on the beach, meets a bird feeding extraordinaire who teaches him the four lies that we tell ourselves that hold us back from being our greatest. I love that. That is definitely the type of book I like to read. So we were talking about reading for pleasure and reading, quote unquote, motivational, inspirational business books. And that sounds like it's a nice combination of both of those things so that you can be invested in the story and not even really realize that you're gaining knowledge. Right. I want to be interested. I mean, yeah. I want to be engaged. I don't want to be thumped on the head with do this, do that, do this, do Same. that. I don't like that. I'm, I'm I, you know, Inside each of us, there's this human spirit that just desperately wants to be inspired. And, and, and we have this passion in us that just needs to be poked. And I believe that when we poke it with lists, it's not a, as effective as poking it with emotion. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I, I couldn't agree more. Okay, so I, I want to know, and I know our listeners want to know, what is Extra Mile Day? Extra mild. And in 2009, I felt the country was really going through a super, super tough time. I mean, if you remember, businesses were closing, banks were closing, foreclosures were at an all-time high. And I wanted to do something that reminded people that if you truly wanted to change your own destiny, you don't keep asking the government which kind of program you are going to create. You don't look at your, your boss and saying, what are you doing to help keep our business afloat? You don't look at your spouse and say, what are you doing to make our relationship better? But you, you really take, you own your personal power and you, you look at the person, the man and the woman in the mirror and you say, man, it's up to me. But yet you don't keep doing the same thing over and over or you'll get the same results. Absolutely. Yeah. So I wanted sure. to remind people that the greatest gift you could ever give yourself is this gift of going the extra mile. So at that time, I used my 47-year-old non-bicyclist body and I pedaled a bike from one ocean to the other ocean as a symbol, a Forrest Gump-like symbol. Of what it, it is meant. very Forrest Gump-like. <laughs> yeah. And my staff created events in 21 cities with the mayors where I had the privilege of interviewing 200 people who had been already identified as having gone the extra mile in those communities. Now, I, I was pedaling through the, the Nevada desert on this, and I'm thinking, God, what can we keep doing to get momentum? What can we keep doing to, to, get the, to have the media catch on to Extra Mile America, the tour we're on? And I came up with this idea, Extra Mile Day. Extra Mile Day. What we're going to do is we're going to go and we're going to have these mayors recognize the extra mile heroes in their communities who are doing great things in Love volunteerism that. and service. Love so that. In 2009, I was ecstatic that 23 people, 23 mayors caught on to my crazy vision and declared Extra Mile Day. November 1st, 2017, 527 cities jumped on. Wow, that is fantastic. So should we be 
looking come November 1st for Extra Mile Day in our own town? Well, you know, and, uh, or yes. can we help many, you create it? <laughs> extra, many of the towns are, are are already on board. We have about 400 cities. and But Extra Mile Day is just not that single day where you think about the Extra Mile. It's a reminder that every yeah. day we have an opportunity to change our life, to change someone else's life, to change our business, to change our direction when we go the Extra Mile. Absolutely. Without a doubt. I, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. You know, this is all, it's all so exciting and so energetic. Um, but I, I, I'm interested, what's been difficult for you? And, and I don't doubt for a second that you've overcome whatever it is, but what sort of made you pause and go, wow, this, one, this one's difficult? Yeah, you know, my, my most difficult, the, the, the challenge that I consistently face, and it's not just one single moment, it's, it's, it's being able to create an accountability system and being able to continue to motivate and inspire myself at a high level. That's always my greatest challenge. That's always my greatest challenge is, to, is continuing to, to tweak myself so that I can continue to create what I want to create. Sure. And do you know, as you're doing it, wow, this is hard. It's worth it. And I can do this, but it's hard. And quite frankly, it's brave to push through. I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, Heather, I don't ever think of it as, as being hard. I think, I think of it as being, okay, let me give you an example. Um, if there's a giant mountain and I'm going to the top of that mountain, I'm not looking at that mountain and I'm not thinking, damn, that mountain, that's going to be a hard dude to get up. Sure. I, I don't think that. I just think, I just think that hardest thing is, Sean, take that next step. Right. Take yeah. the step. That's always, that's always the challenge. I don't worry about getting to the top. I just worry about taking that next the step. The next step. I, yeah. I value that. I think that's really, really important. And I work with people constantly. Break it down. What's the absolute easiest first thing you can do? Okay, you've done it. Now what's the next easiest thing you can do? I'm with that. But I, I don't. You know, I feel like it's unrealistic for our listeners out there to think that they're not ever supposed to feel like this thing I'm right in the middle of, this is tough and and acknowledge, but I am doing it. It's not um, not that I can't, it's not that I'm going to quit, but sometimes it feels challenging. And I, I want everyone out there to know that, that there's nothing wrong with them for thinking this one's a little bit tough, but I can do this anyway. You know, I learned a long time ago that I don't look at my finish line. I, if I looked at my finish line where I want to go every single day, I'm not going to get there because it's overwhelming. Yeah, I, re I, agree. I remember. I remember when I was pedaling a bike across the country, and I, you know, man, I'd given it my best. I was tired. I was, I, w I was just wiped out. And I, but I was so proud of myself. And I was in a truck stop in Utah. Well, when you start in California and you go to Utah. And you look at how far you have to go from there. <laughs> go, oh my God. So I'm at this truck stop yeah. and I see this huge map for the truckers that are going across country. And I go, wow, wow. Okay, here was the Pacific Ocean. This is awesome. This is where I started. And then I, I look at where I am now and I go, oh my God. So much to go. So, yeah, that, you know, that's a buzzkill for sure. Yeah. So when we continually look at our finish line, it gets so overwhelming. We yeah. don't think we can do that. So don't look at the finish line. Look at just where you have to get today. Yeah, I love that. That's a gift. Look, look at the next step. Just work on the next step. Yeah. Yeah. You can't I, run a marathon. You know, you can't start at mile one and then snap your fingers and get to mile 26. You got to run through mile one and three and seven and 17 and 22 first. Absolutely. So then what led you to walking? across five different countries? Actually, I just finished my sixth. 
Wow, I've, congrats. That's I've amazing. Just, I've, I've walked across six countries in four years. What countries are they? Spain, 550 miles across the country of Spain. I've walked across Portugal. I've walked across the country of England. I've walked around Ireland. I've walked 750 miles around Shikoku, Japan. And I've walked across the country of Italy. And the reason I do these is because they are what I call my axe sharpening of moments. You know, in order, if I'm ever going to be someone who can truly inspire or motivate people, I better in the heck know what it is to inspire and motivate myself. That's so true. I create these, these challenges that are just like, wow, holy cow. I have nothing on. I, I carry nothing but like a 25 to 27 pound backpack. I've got two awesome shoes that get me across. I don't know where I'm going to sleep that night. I don't know how far I can go, but I just keep giving it my best. That's what I do. So you're totally solo. You don't have a team of people sort of in front of you or behind you or anything like that. <laughs> I've got me and my two shoes, man. Wow. I dig that. And so like, I, I, I am not a camper. The idea of not knowing where I'm going to sleep sort of gives me like heart palpitations. <laughs> um, but I, I love it. I admire it. So you just go and now I'm done and, and rest or how does that work? No, I mean, let's, let, uh, you know, I'm only, I don't want to give myself credit for being too brave. I, I do, <laughs> I do, I do have to find a bed at the end of the night. I mean, I've got to okay. take a hot shower and my 55 year old body just totally wants to take that shower, have a cold drink and lay it on the bed and go, my gosh, you did it today, dude. Way That's to go. Right. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What pushes you through day to day? I know you don't look at the finish line. Like what is the end goal that you want out of that type of experience? Again, Heather, not to sound excessively simple, but uh, once I start, I don't look at the, I can't look at the finish line or I'll just, I, I won't make it because once you start walking after three days, I can assure you that you're going to get blisters. I can assure course, you that one yeah. of your toenails is going to turn purple and two days later, it's going to fall off. And now you've got two other toes. Your feet are so wrapped up, your joints hurt. Uh, going across Italy, it was so darn hot it was like 95 humid. I swear I had a couple of family of flies following me the entire way. The mosquitoes were there. I ran into the poison oak. So if you've never not had poison oak on in hot, sweaty weather, that's, that's a real privilege. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you, so you know, is this just a personal pilgrimage for you then? <laughs> you know, is it, it's a, it's a, perf it's a, it's a personal celebration, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a celebration of, of everything. Right. I like that. So other than walking across different countries, how do you personally honor and celebrate the successes and the wins that you've had and continue to have? Yeah, man, see, I, th I think, I think, I think this is how I really keep going and living the fullest life that I can is I, I do not look at anything I'm doing, whether it's my next book, whether it's selling X number of books, whether it's trying to create a speaking gig, whether it's walking across country, whatever. I don't look at them as defining moments in my life. I truly just do the best I can every day and I celebrate that every yeah, day. That's a total success though. I, I think it's important to honor the best that you can do. If it's really the best that you can do, hell yeah. Right, right. Because why do I want to destroy my whole attitude and say, damn it, I, 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 I was shooting for that goal and I totally blew it. I'm such, a, I'm such a damn ass loser. I can't believe it. Why would I even want to go there? Of course not. So I, I don't. And, and you know what, but I can have total victory today. I can have total victory today by just knocking off a couple of things and going, you know what, man, I just moved an inch closer to where I am at being a better dude, you know, and that's enough for me. I, I dig that. But the, I ask that question every week 
for exactly the reason you said, it isn't because I think you need to honor these great, enormous things you've done or set yourself up for being disappointed that you haven't achieved something. It's because I think there are a million little things that happen in our lives and in our businesses every single day that at the end we should go, well done. I did that thing. And if that means at the end of walking hundreds of miles, it's a cold drink and a good shower. To me, that's celebration. It doesn't matter what it is and it doesn't matter how you do it. I just think it's the moment to recognize that you've done well. You know, and it's, but it's also just the moment to recognize that you're celebrating life and just the miracle of being here. Let me give you an example. This morning, uh, you, you know, I had the privilege of taking a couple of really cool chihuahuas on a morning walk for about 45 minutes and just to watch them smell every single thing and to, to just watch the joy of the moment with them. You know, that's, that's just a huge victory for me because then yeah. I have a, a chance just to celebrate life and say, wow. I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. To, my dogs are healthy. I'm so lucky. I'm healthy. I'm so lucky to be here walking today. I'm so lucky that I have some of the cool things that I get to do today. I'm so lucky to be on this podcast to talk about bravery with the person who's awesome named Heather. I'm so lucky, right? So, <laughs> yeah, so this, absolutely. This, this, so every single day, it's just not the, it's just not the little goals that we have to make that make our life good or not. It's, I think, being able to appreciate the moments of our life. Yep. I agree. And that's why for me, I'm a big proponent of gratitude practices. Um, I, I write out gratitude at the end of the day, but I really pull gratitude out of my everyday when something happens that feels good to me, just like that. I'm so grateful that I get to, I don't have dogs, but I get to hang out with my kids or I'm so grateful <laughs> that I have this podcast and I get to meet cool people like Sean. And I'm so grateful um, just for whatever it is. I'm grateful that my podcast editor told me to get this sound thing so that I sound better to everybody who's taking the time to listen. It doesn't matter what it is, right? right. Um, I bring in and stop and acknowledge in the moment as it happens, the things that I'm grateful for, because I really believe that mindset creates reality, perception creates reality. And I want to be surrounded by the things that make me feel good and, and grateful and excited. Well, you, you definitely are a kindred spirit. And if I could take a moment just to, to share how I get into my mindset every morning, maybe it might help a listener too. Sure. See, because we have a choice when we put our two feet on the ground in the morning, we can say, oh my gosh, what do I have to do today? What? Oh, okay. I've got oh, to yeah. get to no school. have to, should to, should do. Oh. I'm not into any of that. I need to screw it. Yeah, but if we're not careful, that's how our brain works. For sure, yeah. That's what we start saying. So that's why every single morning, I really have that self-awareness moment. And I ask myself three questions. Number one, Sean, what are you excited about today? What are you excited about today? Because it changes my momentum from the very beginning. Just find one thing. Sean, who can you encourage today? Who can you inspire? Who can, whose life can you make better today? Find that one person so you know who you're going to really target. Number three, what are you grateful for? Because we think about all the things we wish we had, but why not just take a moment and just be grateful for what we do have? That's what am right. I excited about? Who can I serve? What am I grateful for? Those three questions at the beginning of every single day change every single day for me. I love that. I love that ritual. I may borrow it. And yes, it could definitely help our listeners. There are a lot of different forms of that and I read a lot of different things, but it's nice and simple and super achievable to wake up and do that every morning. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Sean, I'm curious, what is your favorite charitable organization to support? Well, well f f fiddlesticks, I, I 
it's really extra mile America. It's a 501c3. And I put in hundreds and hundreds of hours and thousands and thousands of dollars into extra mile America, which is really the, the, the push behind extra mile day and getting the whole extra mile message out. Not only, not only now in the United States, but also around the world. I did a speaking tour in the Philippines just two years ago where we had over 20,000 people attend, uh, totally funded by extra mile America, where we just got to spread through the go the extra mile message around the world. We've got our site set on Dubai. We've got our site set on Central America tour. We've got our site set on Nigeria now. I love that. I think that's great. Um, we're definitely going to give Extra Mile Day a lot of love, and I hope everybody will check it out. But I'm going to totally put you on the spot. Other than your own organization, what's your favorite charitable organization to support? I love anything with animals. You know, I've been a I've been a vegetarian for for 28 years, and um, the reason is certainly the diet has helped me have the energy that I do at 55. But I also think that there's a real compassion reason for um, uh, being a vegetarian and anything related to animals. You're always going to find me a part of it. Awesome, cool. We have a lot of fans I know who are big animal lovers. Uh, I think you know, in a, in the end, most people are, whether or not they're vegetarian. But that's great. So thank you for that, Sean. Will you share your three words with us one last time? Extra mile living. So you guys get that, right? <laughs> but I, so Sean and I talked about it because you know I have a rule: we can't do sentences. Um, but I think those three words can absolutely stand alone and tell. Sean's story and the story he's continuing to live in a very, very big way um, throughout his life. So, Sean, thank you. You are such such a ball of energy and just a nice reminder that when you put your mind to it, anything can be achieved and keep your eye on the immediate step in front of you. Uh, break it down, make it manageable and just keep doing the thing. Sean, thank you for being here. You know, and thank you for your bravery on, on, on taking the vision of having a show and now creating it into something really awesome. It took a brave person to do that. So thank you. It's a privilege to meet you. Oh, thank you so much. I love it. I'm glad you like the show. I love sharing it. I love sharing it with all of you who are out there listening. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us. We will see you next Thursday. This is Heather Vickery reminding you, as always, to choose bravely. A couple of months ago, for no apparent reason, I woke up with this terrible pain in my right shoulder and upper right arm. After some exploration and discovery, I realized it was a rotator cuff issue, which sounds crazy. If you've ever met me, you know I certainly don't do any sports or anything physical for the most part. So if you're thinking, how in the world did you hurt your rotator cuff? Well, it's a valid question, but it turns out I slept on it wrong. These are ridiculous things that begin to happen after you turn 40. That's neither here nor there. As luck would have it, and I absolutely believe that the universe has my back at all times, I was introduced to a local man who owns an alternative healing therapeutic massage studio. I started visiting his office, which is his company's called the Inductor of Healing, and within one session, I was instantly feeling better. Not only is he really good at what he does, he uses CBD cream, and that's the magic trick with his massages. I was able to take home some of that cream and instructed to put it on my arm every two hours for a week. I can't tell you how shocked I was at the difference that it made. I'm still using the cream, and it's making my shoulder feel better more and more every second of every day. Does this sound interesting to you? Well, I encourage you to check them out, especially if you're local. They have monthly memberships for $70 and you get 40% off of extra sessions. You can roll those over for up to 90 days and even add on family members. 
If you live in the Chicagoland area, it's worth a trip out to Forest Park to give Inductor of Healing a try. Their official grand opening is this Saturday, August 24th, from 11.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. I'll be there. And they're going to have juicing and smoothies, refreshments, even free 10-minute chair massages and awesome giveaways. So come hang out with me, get to know the folks at Inductor of Healing, and have a great time. And if you're not local, but you're interested in trying their CBD oils and creams, you can purchase those on their website. Just check out www inductorofhealing.com The Brave Files is proudly supported by Audible. If you enjoy listening to podcasts, you're sure to love listening to your favorite books on Audible. Get your free 30-day trial complete with a credit for a free audiobook download today simply by visiting audibletrial.com/thebravefiles. Again, that's visiting audibletrial.com/thebravefiles. Thank you for listening to The Brave Files. Visit us at thebravefilespodcast.com for show notes and some awesome bonus content. And be sure to tell us what you think of this episode and how you're choosing bravely this week. Give us a call at 312-646-0205. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference and we appreciate the support. If you're interested in being a patron for the Brave Files podcast, we would love to have you join our Patreon family. Visit patreon.com slash bravefiles to learn about different ways you can get involved and awesome swag you can collect. This episode is brought to you by Vickery & Co. Success coaching that helps you maintain a life well-lived and a business well-run. Learn more at vickeryandco.com. Music produced by Matt Lewis. Follow him on Instagram at Matt M. Music or visit his website, theunionband.com. Our audio engineer is Andrew Olson. He's super awesome. And you can check out more of his work at findandrewolson.com. Special thanks to our associate producer, Kim Statler. And I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Heather Vickery.